If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Now let's jump into the message, the Jesus reality. This is what we started last week, and what we are doing is, is making it clear today what Jesus Christ has done for us. Ladies and gentlemen, it is, it's sad to, to see God's people living outside of the Jesus reality and all that he has brought into our lives through this new covenant. There's so many of there's so many believers, so many children of God living in Old Testament thinking in a New Testament reality. And they're bound under the law that doesn't even apply to them, bound under 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 constraints, under um, restrictions and all kinds of things, thinking still that that's how we please God. Not understanding that Jesus Christ is the one who pleased God. And anyone that is in him fully pleases God. All, right? All of our identity is wrapped up in him, a who, not in what we do. Your performance could never even measure up to God anyway, to God's standards. I mean, he proved that to us when he gave us the law and then told us no one will be able to keep it. And the truth is nobody has been able to keep it. Well, the apostle Paul said he was blameless concerning the law, but he's kind of an exception to the rule. But Anyway, nobody's been able to keep the law, and but now Jesus Christ made a whole new way for us. Amen. As a matter of fact, he is the way. He is the way to a right relationship with God. And I want to just encourage you today, and over the next few weeks as we talk about this, you're going to find some places in your life where you have allowed an Old Testament mentality to rob you of your New Testament reality, of the Old Testament thinking to rob you of your New Testament and your new covenant blessings that God has so readily given to us through His Son. So the Old Testament is important for us. It's important for us to learn, to look back and see um, uh, the history of, of man and history of man's relationship with God. But ladies and gentlemen, all of that, what we read and what we see there has to now be filtered through this New Testament reality that we live in today. Our New Testament believing must be fully in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else. Amen. Because the moment you begin to believe it's in something that you do or don't do is the moment you fall short of all of God's goodness yeah. for your life. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to just be a witness to tell you today that I want everything God has for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, yeah. I'm, I went to Bible school, and they're in Bible school, believe it or not, there are people that are so spiritual there that they, they, they walk on their tiptoes, right? And, and they hardly have anything profitable to say. And we even see worship songs like, I seek the giver and not the gift. Like, they're two separate things. Right? Like, like that's another spiritual plane to be on. Right? Rather than just understanding that the giver has given you gifts. And if he's given you gifts, what's the proper response to go, no, 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 I just need him. I just need him. That is him. His gift is an extension of him. Amen. And Jesus Christ paid an incredible price with his life to ensure that all the promises of God are now in Christ. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he who spared not his own son but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Listen, if God's trying to give you something, 
Don't turn your nose at it. Don't turn away from it. Say, I receive that. Just like that salvation gift was yours and you received that, then everything that you have for this life that pertains to life and godliness is yours through Jesus Christ. Receive all the benefits of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's, that's the greatest response. That's the greatest way that you can, you can uh, uh, um celebrate and that you can honor Jesus' sacrifice is to receive what that sacrifice brought to us. All the benefits. There's healing for you. There's prosperity for you. There's blessing for you. There is peace of mind for you. There is joy that will hold you together in the midst when everything is around you is going crazy. You can have this joy on the inside of you that cause you to laugh all the way through the misery. Amen. I mean, this is the thing that Jesus came to give us. He came to give us eternal things, even right now. Even right now, things to hold. Do you remember when the disciples came? He sent them out to go do what he did. He said, now go and cast out devils and heal sick people. And so they did. And when they came back, they said, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That's amazing, right? I mean, I've cast devils out of people before, and it was a pretty exciting event. But Jesus said, hey, hang on. Don't rejoice in that. Don't rejoice in that. He said, don't rejoice because demons are subject to you in my name. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Why is he telling us that? Because heaven, your name being written in heaven, is a permanent thing. You casting devils out of people and doing signs and wonders and miracles, that might happen one day, but it might not happen the next. And if your joy is dependent on what you do or don't do rather than who you are in this place called heaven, then you'll be up and down, up and down, up and down. Understand that your name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. That means every day ought to be a good day for you. Every day can, has the potential to be a great day, no matter what you face. Because your circumstances are not, your, your life, your joy is not contingent, I should say, upon those circumstances. It's upon your place in heaven. Yeah. It's on your relationship with Almighty God. It's really in that person named Jesus Christ. Is this all right? Yeah. And just what Jesus has brought to us today is so much better than what they used to have back then. It's so much greater because it's not in the what, it's in the who now. Hallelujah. And you are not cursed, you're blessed today. Yeah. There was a time when men did things just so they wouldn't be cursed. They had to follow the law, the law to the letter. And, and, and God told them, if you do good, you'll get blessed. If you do bad, you'll get cursed. I'm going to just say that I'd much rather live in this side of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ Amen. than that side. Amen. Hmm? Hallelujah. Because now... When Jesus Christ hung up on that cross, every curse that was looming over mankind because of sin and breaking that law stopped, nailed dead to that cross, and every blessing of God continued to rush on through. Now, that's incredible to me. That does sound too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, it is too good, and it's still true. And it's still true. Now, have you got your Bibles? Three of you, good. Well, we do have, we'll have it up on the screens this morning. What, I, what we talked about last week, the way we started this, is how much Jesus changed in our, relation, uh, uh, our relationship in the, in the subject of tithing and giving offerings to God. 
Wow, I mean, we saw last week that the priesthood has completely changed. Jesus is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Don't you, don't you love that name, Melchizedek? We should have named our son Melchizedek. Melchizedek. And then, but there was also this other priesthood called the Levitical priesthood that was under the law. And we saw last week as people paid tithes under the Levitical priesthood. Matter of fact, it was like God was charging men to live on planet earth. But under the Melchizedek priesthood, which we have been brought back under through the Lord Jesus Christ, is where men give their tithes freely to God. All right? This is the day that you're living in today, that you give your tithes, you give your offerings to God. You, you, the, the, the house of God, the, the man of God is not taking your tithes from you anymore, simply receiving what you are giving. This is a great time that we are living in today. And we saw that under the law, they paid under the new covenant, we give. Hallelujah. Under the law, you tithe to be blessed and not cursed, but under the new covenant, you tithe because you are blessed and you are not cursed. Under the law, you tithe to get the windows of heaven open to you. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Remember, God said, see, prove me in this. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing you will not have room enough to receive it. But ladies and gentlemen, I have to say that today's reality is better than God cracking open the windows of heaven after you tithe. God already cracked open the windows of heaven when Jesus said, it is finished. And all of heaven's blessings came to mankind. Hallelujah. The Bible says now, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, now we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Heaven is wide open to us. Tithing, what it does is opens our hearts to receive that blessing. See, it's not automatic coming to you. You have to open up yourself to receive those blessings. Just like salvation was not automatic for you just because Jesus died on a cross for you. You had to respond by faith to receive it. See, God did all he could, all he could do by giving us grace. And all he says now, will you receive that? He gives grace, we give faith. And when they meet in the middle, hallelujah, a new creation begins. Old things go away and all things become new powerful. And then your walk of faith is still that relationship of you receiving God's grace in your life. Yes, I receive you. Yes, I receive what you have. I receive. I believe. Therefore, I speak. Remember faith, the spirit of faith, believing and speaking. We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. It's a powerful, wonderful relationship we have with Almighty God. And so then we give, just as our father Abraham did to that Melchizedek priest when Melchizedek said, hey, Abram, listen, don't forget, Abraham had just gone to war. Remember taking 318 of his servants, his, his young men, took them to battle. They beat up five kings that had kidnapped all these women and children, including his, his nephew Lot. They came and got all their stuff and all the spoils from those kings, and he's coming back to the king's valley in Genesis chapter 14. And before he meets the king of Sodom there to, to return the spoils, Melchizedek steps right in between. He says, hey, blessed are you, Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Whoa, what's he doing? He's reminding Abraham who he is. You are blessed of God most high. You're not like all these other kings out here, Abraham. You're different from all these other guys because you are of God most high. You're not Abraham of the Chaldeans anymore. You're Abraham of God most high. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you today, you are of Jesus Christ. You are, as a child of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ today. That is, your life is not your own. 
you, you bear his name today. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's important that we remember that. because, and then, and then it says, he has, or God has delivered all your enemies into your hands. And if I'm Abraham, I'm going to have to maybe just get a little practical with Melchizedek and say, well, when did God do that? Because I did all the fighting. I'm the one that went actually to war and went after these guys. When did God deliver them into my hands? I'm the one that did it. Huh? Huh? See, it's important that we talk about that because there are times when we think a lot of times God intervening in our life is just in a supernatural realm, right? There's There's a miraculous healing that takes place. There's a breakthrough in your finances that you can do. But see, here's the thing. You getting up and going to work and getting a paycheck, God did that for you. We only think of him a lot of times out here rather than just in the very practical living of our lives. Abraham went to war, and the, and the man of God said, hey, God did that for you. God's the one that delivered your enemies in your hands. Don't forget, the hand that holds the sword was created by God, Abraham. The horse that you mounted to go to war, God created that horse. Every breath that you breathe is a gift from Almighty God. And I'm here to remind you as the priest of the Most High God, is what he's telling him, you are of God Most High. All of your enemies are yours because he did that for you. Because the God... Because God's blessing is on you. Amen. And then Abraham responded, giving a tenth, giving a tithe of all. Wow. God didn't tell him to give a tithe. Abraham responded in faith and gratitude. Yeah. My life is not my own. Matter of fact, all of this stuff is God's. I've got to give something back. I've got to give something back. Because the truth is, before Abraham was, God was. And when Abraham left, God still is. And before you ever showed up, God was. And when you leave, God will still be God. All right? Help us keep our lives in perspective. Because it's easy to get out there in this world, in this workaday world, and think that all the energy you're spending is by your own will and by your own power and by your own strength. Right? And if you continue to think that way, then you treat your money like it's all yours. Yeah. Woohoo! Right? Rather than God brought it to you, God blessed you, God promoted you. Amen. Amen. And I want you to let's go to uh, um, Genesis chapter four. I want to talk about just a couple of things this morning. G- uh, Genesis chapter. Did I say four fourteen? I'm sorry. 14 verse 19, um, Matt, that is Matt, right? Yeah, Genesis 14, 19. And he blessed him, that is Melchizedek blessed Abraham and said, blessed be God, uh, Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and he gave him a tithe of all. Now I want you to notice before Abraham ever dispersed any of these spoils any, and returned any of this stuff, he tithed off of all of it. He gave him a tenth of all before he dispersed. Everybody say, before he dispersed. Before he dispersed. Now, this is a great biblical principle here because many times we, we receive these things from God and then we get busy dispersing this stuff everywhere and to everything. And then when, when, when it comes to honoring God, we don't have enough left to really honor him in the right way because we've done all the dispersion before the tithing. Mm-mm-mm. Y'all aren't supposed to get quiet. Y'all are supposed to really shout right there at that moment. Y'all are supposed to, yeah! <laughs> yeah. What's in your gift? 
Let me just say this. What is in your gift will reflect what's in your heart. Okay? Because Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know that's a verse a lot of times we like to just kind of skip over that and not think about that one because it really hits close to home. Because, man, we can get so attached to stuff and forget our purpose here and forget who brought this stuff into our lives. I mean, I, I, I bet every family in this room today has a box with stuff in it in a garage or in an attic somewhere. Right? Because it's special. It's so special that we're putting it in a box and putting it away for 10 years. Right? Where it's gathering dust and where it's corroding. Where it, it possibly could be a blessing for someone else, but it's so special. My, Pastor Eric, you don't understand. My grandmother gave me this. It's special. Well, I see how special it is. It's up there with the insulation and the ductwork. That's how special it is, right? And the truth is, when you leave planet Earth, your kids are going to put all that special stuff on a table out in the driveway and sell it for pennies on the dollar at a garage sale. Amen. It's stuff, and it's meant to come to us and through us. I want to be a conduit of the blessings of God. I don't ever want to be the guy who gets caught up in the stuff that I forget who brought it to me. I've just come to the place where I have made myself give things away that were extremely special to me because I, I did not want to get caught up in that stuff. There was a man years ago, a man years ago, an elder in a church out in West Texas and when my dad was pastoring, and he was a wealthy man. He was one of our, owned an electric, uh, 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 he was an electrician, owned a company there. One day, he took his watch off of his arm, and he gave it to my dad for a gift. And this is not just any watch. This is a presidential model Rolex. This watch was guesstimated to be somewhere around $24,000, $25,000 in value. And, I mean, he had even custom added diamonds. I mean, like if you couldn't already appreciate it for what it was, he even souped it up, right? And his wife had given it to him for anniversary. On the inside, it said, to Robert, love Bonnie. Now, how, how do you think she felt when he gave that to his pastor? Well, she, she thought that was great. Years and years and years later, my dad hands it down to me. Now, we're talking like 15 years later. First of all, I'm so terrible with stuff. You just ask my wife. I mean, if, it gets, if I have something on, I, it's, eventually it's going to get torn or ripped or I, I just destroy stuff. I don't know why. I just do. And so she immediately got nervous when my dad put this watch on Mark. She's like, oh, my God, why in the world did you give that to him? Right? So I'm, I'm nervous even having this thing on my arm. But, you know, I tried to make myself get used to wearing it. I'm not even a jewelry guy. For, I mean, this thing is like bright gold with diamonds, you know. You know, everything that a preacher probably shouldn't wear because of the, the image that we already have, right? I thought, I should go on TBN with this thing, man. I'd fit right in with all those preachers on there. Right. But so, 
I, I, I wore it, and I, went, I got called by some friends uh, to go to a funeral for a guy out in West Texas. And I met up with a buddy of mine who's an old, old boot maker out there. And uh, he said, can we have breakfast while you're here? I said, yeah. So we met at this little cafe called Cozy Kitchen. Just diner food. It's a great place. So we sat down there, and we're talking. He begins to tell me what's in his heart, that he's gonna do, he wants to do ministry. He wants to go reach out to the Navajo Reservation out in Arizona. It's been in his heart all these years. And I knew that because we've been friends for a long time. And he'd been having some struggles. His wife had left him, and he's just trying to get back on his feet again. So he began to talk to me about, <laughs> began to talk to me about how he would raise money by collecting pennies. How many of you know that is going to be a slow fundraising process, right? You're just not going to get that far very fast. And as he's doing that, all of a sudden, I hear this voice say, give him that watch. And I went, devil, I know. <laughs> you did not just say that to me. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I heard it, I went, oh, no, 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 not that. Lord, I'll give him my shoes. I'll give him my, the cash in my pocket. And I'm telling you, as he's sitting there talking to me, I don't even hear a word he's saying. All of a sudden, I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling on the inside. I'm like, no, this is special. It's from my father. It's expensive. I've never had anything like this, right? I'm wrestling. Come on, anybody here with me today? Right? I'm just fighting. I'm fighting. I'm literally shaking physically. And he just keeps on talking, and, and I just, I'm just arguing on the inside. Right? No, yes, no. And then finally I said, CL, dude, I just have to stop this a moment because God just spoke to me, and I know he did. And I want to, I want to sow into your ministry. I want to start by giving you this. And I took, and he's like, what? I mean, he's a cowboy, right? <laughs> he's just in West Texas hand. And and I said, he said, no, 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 I can't. I said, you have to take this from me, dude. You have to take this. Because I cannot let this be God in my life. And when my God told me to give it up, I'm going to obey the one who really is master of my life. So I want you to have this because apparently God's got something really special for you down the road. I learned a very valuable lesson that day. That giving something of value away is way more blessed than holding something of value. Yeah, that's so good. And all that did was increase my life, mine and Heather's life. And we've just come to the place in our life, we decided Jesus is Lord, not stuff. Amen. All right? And this will set you free yes. to not let stuff have such a hold on you that you miss out on what God has for you. Because yeah. we do a lot worse job of playing God than God being God. Yeah. We're just not good at it. All right? Very good. Can you receive that today? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Just receive that today. Receive, receive this, this encouragement for you today to let things go. I mean, just stop arguing with God. When you stop arguing, then you allow him to be who he is. Yes. You allow him to be Lord. You allow him to sit on the throne of your heart and to dictate your life to, to help you make the right kind of decisions for your life. Amen. Well, praise God. You have been set free to give. You've been set free from the bondage of paying into the grace of giving. Praise God.
I'm almost through. It's kind of interesting that when the preacher talks about these subjects, the service seems to go so long, doesn't it? It's like, God, Lee, is he ever going to stop begging for money? I'm not even begging for money. All right? Believe me, you ought to try to preach this sometime. It's, all right. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Be imitators of God as dear children. I love this. The very blessing that was on Abraham is now on you, according to Galatians chapter 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the blessing, what's that blessing? God told Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. So what he's saying is, what Jesus has brought to us is this back to full circle, this relationship where God will, so I will. Isn't that beautiful? Say that. God will, then I will. See, as he does, so we do. It's wonderful. God will, I will bless you, you'll bless others. I will love you, and you will love others. I will forgive you, and you will forgive others. I will give to you, and you'll give to others. Are you hearing me? Mm. Now, I like Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20, because this, this really is going to be applying to us even more over the next couple of years as we are looking to build a, a new building out there on the front part of this property. That's why, the, in case of some of you who are new came here, I thought, why is the church on the back of the property? I thought the very same thing. We showed up here. I'm like, why did they do this? Not realizing that, that they started from the back and are moving forward, which is really cool. So we'll be actually purchasing this property very soon as we have our 12 acres that we had purchased under contract to sell. Thank God. So by the end of September, we'll go into purchasing this property and then begin our building phase to build our big building out here in the front. Very exciting. So, but but th- that's Nehemiah 2.20 really speaks to me right now, just thinking about all of that that's going on. And it says this. He says, I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, as his servants, we will arise and build. We will arise and build. So God will prosper us and we will build. Can we we all say that together as one cause church? God will prosper us and we will build. Amen. So what the, the things that come into your life, the promotion, the job, all those things that come in your life, God will prosper you, and together, you and I are going to build something great here in this city. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. So if God will, we will. Now, I'm going to finish with this thought, and then, and then we'll get out of here, all right? I don't have time to go into all the book of Hebrews chapter 7. There's so much good here. But the scripture teaches us, let's go to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 15. And it is far more evident in the likeness of Melchizedek, talking about that priest over in, in Genesis, there arises another priest who has come, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. See, Jesus Christ is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. The Levitical priesthood that was under the law, that is that those Levitical priests, they took the tithe from the people right? That's the law. They took the tithe. But now Jesus is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek, and Hebrews 7, 8 says that he receives tithes of whom it is witnessed that he lives. 
So when you bring your tithes into the house of God, what you're giving witness to is a risen Savior. Hallelujah. You're saying, yeah, Jesus is alive, and I'm bringing this as witness to him receiving this right now in heaven as I am here on earth. It's a powerful thought. Makes me want to take up another offering. <laughs> Nervous laughs everywhere. <laughs> All right. And it is far more evident in likeness of Melchizedek than there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of flesh and commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. For he testifies, and this testimony is found in Psalm 110, verse 4. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus' priesthood is not based on the law of a fleshly commandment, but his power, his priesthood is based on life. Hallelujah, not on law. Life, endless life. Only Jesus can give you eternal life. Only Jesus can change you from the inside out, make you a whole new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. For on the one hand, verse 18, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. What this teaches us is that the commandment, the law, the whole Levitical priesthood did not measure up to God's desire. And it was only there for a time until Jesus came and showed us God's full desire, God's full plan for mankind. So you're not under the law anymore. Amen. Matter of fact, Titus chapter 2 verse, Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says that he, he took the handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to, to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Where when Jesus was nailed to that cross, so was that law nailed to the cross. So was your sin nailed to that cross so that you could be free to receive all the grace of God. Hallelujah. The law was not God's final answer. It could not complete what God had planned. Hallelujah. Look at verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. He brought in a better hope. The law passed away. And then back one chapter, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Look at this hope. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner, hallelujah, has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, the better hope that God brought in for us was his very son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Aren't you excited about that today? Amen. 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 Well, I'm excited. If God is able, if God will, amen. Colossians chapter 2, 9 says, For in him, that is in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. He is the sum total of the desire of God. Jesus is actually the desire. He's every dream that you have fulfilled to its fullest. Mm. Everything that you desire, every good thing is found in him. Hallelujah. In the fourth century AD in Korea, a man, he had two sons. The elder son, he became chief justice in the land and the younger son became an infamous criminal. The elder brother loved his younger brother and was hoping that he would eventually change his ways and make better decisions for his life. But eventually the younger son, son was caught and brought before his brother, the chief justice. Everyone in the courtroom thought 
that the younger brother would get off because of who his big brother was. And everybody knew that the older brother truly loved his younger brother. But at the end of the trial, the chief justice sentenced his younger brother to death. And on the day of the execution, the elder brother came to the prison and said to his brother, let's swap places. And the younger brother agreed, thinking that once that the people had realized that it was the older brother, that they would, the execution would not go forward. But as he went up on a hill to watch the proceedings, his brother was brought out at dawn, and to his horror, he watched his older brother get executed. And filled with remorse, he ran down the hill to the guard and told him his name, that he was the criminal who should be executed. And the guard said to him, there is no sentence outstanding on anyone with that name. The Lord Jesus Christ pronounced a judgment, and then he himself carried out the sentence of that judgment. And all those whose names meant they were guilty, there is no sentence against you today. Today, your sentence has been carried out. Today, you are innocent before the eyes of God because Jesus took the blame for you, what you and I did. Hallelujah. Why don't, we just, why don't we just thank him right now? Why don't we just lift our hands and worship our God? Tell him, thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me from darkness. Thank you, Jesus, that you took everything that was coming to me. Lord, you took all the punishment. You took the death upon yourself, all the wages of sin. You carried them to that cross and you nailed them to that cross. And now we stand free in Jesus. And the only proper response now, as your book teaches us today that now we bring a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. We bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. I mean, how hard is it? How sacrificial is it, ladies and gentlemen, for us to say thank you to Jesus? But the Bible says that is our sacrifice of praise. Simply saying thank you is a sweet smell unto our God. It is an, it's an honor to what Jesus Christ has done for us. Now, I think that is extraordinary. That shows you what grace has done for us way, 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 way more than the law could ever produce. All we do in turn is say, thank you. Wow. What an amazing God we serve. What a good, gracious, and loving God we serve. And I'll finish with this. I love all of you very much. As a matter of fact, I want just every head bowed for just a moment. Every eye closed in this building. I don't know everybody in this room, but I do love you. Some of you I love more because my wife's here, so I love her more. And I love my children dearly. But if any of my children had to sacrifice their life, if I had to make a, de- a decision for any of my children to die so that everybody in this room could be saved, ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. My love stops right there. That's why I can't even understand. I can't even wrap my mind around God who looked at us and then said, Son, you must go. You must die so that they all can live. That's way beyond my ability to love. But yet it's still true. And yet God did it, and yet God does love us. And the scripture teaches us that God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, 
Jesus died for us. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, you've never received this free gift of salvation that he gives. You've been trying to earn points with God. You've been just trying to be a good person and hoping that that, that, that weighs out in the end okay for you. Oh, I want to just warn you, don't, don't think uh, one more thought in that way because that will lead to destruction for you. Men are continually building paths, building roads through different religions, different pathways to God. And they all will go to God, to a God who sits on a, on a judgment seat. And they will all give a, an account for their life. But only one road, only one road will actually take us all the way to eternal life. And that's not any road that, that any man could build. It was a road that God built to us. And on that road called the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Men will build their roads to a God on a judgment seat. But the children of God will get on the road that takes them all the way to the Father. They won't know God as the judge. They only know him as the Father. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I've never received Christ as my Savior. I've never surrendered my heart to him. But today I want to receive free, that free gift of eternal life. Are you here? Just raise your hand, just between you and me and God, and I want to just pray for you. You're here today, and you just, I just want you to respond by faith and just say, today I'm accepting what Jesus Christ did for me. I'm accepting that he died for my sins. I'm accepting, and I receive that he was buried in a tomb, and he rose again three days later. I believe that, and I want to be saved. I want eternal life. I want this free gift. I don't want to have to earn it. I want it because Jesus earned it for me. Are you here? Just, just slip up your hand here. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. I want us all to just pray this together, if we would help. Say, God, right now, I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he was buried. And I believe he rose again three days later. And I believe that I right now, by faith in him, am a child of God. Lord, I give you everything. My whole life, my whole heart, I am yours. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for, for freeing me from the penalty of sin. From this day forward, I will walk with God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.